0: Hi I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 110 of my podcast Beekeeping Short and Sweet. What an interesting week we've had swarm call-outs, a climb onto a roof to vacuum an unwelcome colony and a sudden blast of cold air to slow everything down. Short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm grateful to Honeypore Hives for sponsoring, in part, our podcast for this season. Honeypore Hives, as I'm sure you're aware, are poly Langstroth hives, and we're setting up an apiary full of their hives this season, courtesy of Honeypore. Check out their range of hives and other equipment on their website and I'll leave links to all of the websites in the show notes as usual. Honeypore Hives, designed by beekeepers for beekeepers. Well, welcome back to the podcast, and what a week that was. I've done a few interesting swarm collections in my time, but this past week provided a first for me using Pete's patented bee vacuum. I say patented but it's not really. But it had the feel of one of those wily Coyote Acme DIY bits of kit, destined to blow up in your face. It didn't quite do that, but we certainly had some fun with it. I've also collected a swarm from a compost bin and been confronted by a sudden blast of cold air from the north, which really put the brakes on things last week. By the time you get to listen to this, we could be through the worst of the cold and heading back up to Bermuda shorts and Hawaiian t-shirts temperatures. I've also got some exciting news to share that has me working overtime this week and probably for weeks to come so do stay tuned to hear all about that. Well I don't know about everyone else but for me at this time of the year the weeks just seem to mould into one continuous routine of inspections and working on preparing for the next week of beekeeping. I do very often lose track of what day of the week it is. Luckily, I have the weekly routine of the Friday podcast posting to keep me on track. I appreciate it's not the longest of podcasts, but sitting down in front of the computer and putting out a weekly beekeeping comment is something I'm quite proud of, especially as I've now hit 110 podcasts. So, last week I saw the first of the swarm call outs. I don't normally go out to collect swarms, at least not anymore. It was something that I was desperate to do in the early days of my beekeeping career, wanting to get out there and climb trees, fall through hedgerows, clamber across garden shed roofs, all with the desire to collect that swarm. You see, I wanted to increase my bee stocks as quickly as I could. Little did I realise. Just how quickly it would increase, there were swarms everywhere, it seemed. If you're looking to increase the stock levels you have, then swarm collection is a great way to do it. And if you have the time, it can be great fun. These days, for me, it is all about the time, or rather, the lack of time. With so much else to do, I just can't spare the time that it takes to coax a swarm colony into a box. Of course, there are the really easy ones the torpedo-shaped swarm hanging from a single branch at waist level. I've been lucky enough to have a couple of those but then there are the ones that wrap themselves around multiple branches deep inside hedgerows and when you finally get them out and into a box they go straight back into the hedge and you have to do it all again. I've spent many an hour hunting for the queen to secure a swarm only to have them settle overnight and then abscond the following day. Oh, and don't even think about charging anyone for your services. I've had some very interesting conversations with people who seem to think beekeepers are a free community service to be called on at the drop of a hat, abused for hours on end with dubious brews of what is loosely termed tea, and fed some very strange baked goods, sometimes referred to as cake. Now don't get me wrong, hobbyist beekeepers are very welcome to collect swarms and take all day about it, doing the work for free and happily chatting to the public about all aspects of beekeeping. But when you're running a beekeeping business things are a little more tight for time let's say. Having said all of that I am a responsible beekeeper and if I can't find someone else who wants to collect the swarm from our local beekeeping association for instance I will go out and remove them. I don't want any bees being killed because I was too busy doing something else and I can normally find someone who's desperate for bees as I was all those years ago. If you do go out swarm hunting I have a couple of things to say about it. Firstly always put your own personal health and safety first. If you have any doubts about your ability to safely collect the swarm say so and walk away. There will always be another easier swarm for you to collect another day. Secondly, make sure you have good public liability insurance cover. You never know what might happen, and it's better to be safe than sorry. Of course, here in the UK, if you're a member of the BBKA, you'll have that insurance in place. Thirdly, now I know I said a couple of things, but another one's just popped into my head. Thirdly, whatever time you've allowed to collect them, at least double it. If it takes longer than expected, at least you've allowed for it. And if you get them in the first 10 minutes, you'll be seen as a superhero and might even get an extra slice of cake. Oh, and do charge at least £20 for your time and fuel. Every other bugger charges for call-outs, so why shouldn't we beekeepers? Having said all of that, let me tell you about the two swarm call-outs I had last weekend. The first was for a beginner beekeeper who's yet to start and was coming over to one of my beekeeping experience days prior to the lockdown and he called me to say the swarm of bees had descended onto his roofline and were all tucked up under the tiles. Already, you can probably tell, this is a swarm I would normally give a polite no thank you to and make my excuses about being busy elsewhere. It was bad enough being up the scaffold at the church collecting the colony from there. But luckily for me, the beginner beekeeper in question was in fact Marcus, the owner of the company that supplied the scaffold for the church job. How crazy is that? I didn't have to go through the negotiation of scaffold supply, roofing contractors and my time and efforts and the total cost involved and Marcus had been super helpful at the church so I couldn't very well say no could I? We got everything planned and good old Pete has his Caractacus Pots patent pending custom built automatic bee vacuum so what could possibly go wrong? I collected Pete. He doesn't drive, just has his motorcycle, and I couldn't see him arriving with the bee vac strapped to his back. So, 10 miles to the workshop to collect Pete and the kit we needed, then off to Marcus's house, which was unfortunately in completely the opposite direction. However, the scaffold was already in place, coffee was waiting, and it was decent coffee, I'm glad to say. After the preliminary chat, we climbed the scaffold and got started on collecting the bees with the bee vac. It's amazing just how quickly a swarm will build comb, and the Queen start to lay eggs. There were already several small sections of drawn comb with nectar, pollen and eggs in it. They'd only been there for 24 hours. The bees were in a small gap between joists and the sidewall of the house. After a few comedy moments of trying to suck up bees without having a tight seal all the way round the vacuum unit, we got it all working, and I have to say it was really quite impressive. The vacuum sucks the bees into a collection chamber where they can sit quietly below a mesh screen, on top of which sits a brood box with frames of foundation. Once collected, the screen is withdrawn and the bees scurry up into the brood box and settle onto the frames. To cut a very long story short, we only have 15 minutes here remember, once we sucked up the queen, all hell let loose and the air was filled with bees, confused now as to where their queen was. This was our chance to get the brood box onto a floor and let them find their queen. It couldn't have worked more perfectly. The workers were all fanning their Nazinov glands at the entrance, and after another coffee, everything was quiet, bees flying in and out of the hive as if they'd always lived there. Kit tidied away, conversations had about swarming, even another local beekeeper turned up to take a look, all socially distanced, of course. Despite everything going according to plan, It had still taken nearly five hours for me to get everything in place. You can easily wipe out the day so you can see how it can affect what I'm trying to do as a professional beekeeper. I still had my own bees to inspect. Anyway, it was time to get Pete home, and yes, you've guessed it, we were almost home, and the message comes through that the bees have abandoned the hive and gone straight back into the roof space. And this is the short version of the story. Back we go a complete rerun of the vacuum scenario but this time I was determined to keep the bees in the vacuum chamber until we got back to the workshop where we then set them up on a hive stand and floor. I finally got home at around seven o'clock in the evening having spent all day trying to help someone out and still I hadn't inspected my own bees. So even when things go to plan it can take up a lot of time just make sure you're prepared for the encounter and if it's too much for you to do be prepared to walk away. The very next day I was asked by a fellow allotmenteer to check out a swarm he'd got on his compost bin at home. Being absolutely certain it was bumblebees nesting in his compost bin and that it wouldn't take me long I said yes and rather surprisingly it was a honeybee swarm clinging to the outside of a black plastic compost bin. This time, there was no messing around. I swept them off the bin using my hand into the brood box, popped them on the floor and left. By the time I'd completed all of my tasks for the day, it was really cold and rainy. The swarm had moved into the hive and were probably shivering in the corner of the brood box. It wasn't really a particularly large swarm, to be honest. They also went over to the workshop, Pete being happy to take ownership of them to add to his collection. Both colonies are now doing fine. We left them a couple of days and then added feeders and api mix syrup, which Pete tells me they're gorging themselves on. I wouldn't be surprised if the swarm from the roof has pulled an entire brood box of foundation within the week. They were a really nice size, and they will become Marcus's first colony, which is always nice. As I've mentioned before, you never really know what you're going to get with a swarm, temperament and disease being the big two. I've pre-warned Marcus but he's happy to take ownership of them and Pete, well, he knows enough about swarms to take on the responsibility of the compost bin swarm now. Something that has helped me this week is the cooler weather, believe it or not. I suspect that quite a number of colonies that may have been thinking about swarming will have torn down those queen cells in preference of waiting until it warms up again. It's a really interesting part of beekeeping when you open a beehive and see multiple queen cells that look like the queen has emerged from the side of the cell rather than the tip. She hasn't emerged at all. It's a tough life living with mother nature and what has happened is the workers have decided it's not the right time to be producing a swarm and they chew open the sidewall of the queen cell, remove the larvae or pupa inside and start all over again once conditions improve. I was inspecting a commercial double brood colony last Sunday morning while it was still a little warmer. This was one of those that I should have inspected on the Saturday of the roof swarm collection. The bees weren't the happiest they've ever been. Almost double glove conditions. However, I got through the inspection and found around eight queen cells that had been torn down. I was so relieved because this double brood colony is one that is producing honey and a decent amount of it. And, Not a drop of it is from oilseed rape. It's all other spring flowering plants, so it should be a really interesting crop. It does alert you to the fact that they're in full swarm mode, though, and to make sure I get into them in good time. I normally follow a loose rule of three attempts at swarming and I'll split them. Last week was the first sign of queen cells, so this week I'll check again, and if there are more queen cells, that will be the second attempt. If they throw up more queen cells the following week then I'll remove the queen into a nuke box along with a couple of frames of bees and brood and set her up in another apiary and let the original colony produce queen cells. The following week I'll remove all but one of the queen cells and let them continue to produce a new queen and start all over again. The trick here is to make sure you get all of the queen cells otherwise they will swarm with a virgin queen. Of course if you're looking to increase the number of colonies that you've got then it's the perfect opportunity to create a two nukes from one parent colony situation and if that's something you're not familiar with then check out the previous podcasts and the videos that I've got on the subject. With a double brood you could split it down in as many nukes as you have queen cells within reason of course but it wouldn't be beyond possibilities to set up as many as maybe 12 two-frame nukes with queen cells in each one, if that's what you wanted. There would be some further manipulations required, and personally I would move them away from the apiary to retain enough bees in each box, but it can be done. If you went down that route, there would almost be nothing left for you to do all season. These small nucleus colonies would need to build up through the summer, hopefully with a well-mated queen in each box, and then be prepared for winter, I can't believe I just said that barely into summer and I'm talking winter preparation already. But believe me when I say it will soon be here and by thinking ahead now you won't get caught out later in the season. Have a think about where you want to be at the end of the season and make sure that your planning is in place ready for the coming weeks and months. Well that's it for this week. Have a great beekeeping week. Oh I almost forgot to mention the exciting news I have for you all but I think I'll save that for next week. I have a very busy weekend ahead of me and that's part of the exciting news and I'll give you a full roundup of what I'm up to next week. Stay safe and please do remember to check out my Patreon page where you can access lots more content. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet.